0: to uncover powerful takeaways that empower you to stay grounded and make passionate living a reality. To access post-podcast discussions, insights, and further resources, visit rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded. So thanks for joining me today. Now, let's get to grinding. What's up, everyone? And welcome to this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you are all having a wonderful start middle, end of your week, whenever you're choosing to tune in. If this is your first episode of Stay Grounded, boy, did you choose a doozy because I am so, 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 so excited to be introducing my dear friend, Miss Phoebe Mrocek. So Phoebe is actually a previous guest on the show and somebody that I love to death. I mean, we both live in Austin. We've become extremely close over the years and our spiritual journeys have sort of evolved as we've both been dealt cards and and really felt into callings that have asked us to step into greater levels of spiritual maturity within ourselves. And Phoebe's journey has been nothing short of incredible. So late last year, she was hit by a car in downtown Austin, which sort of changed her own relationship with her body, relationship with her mind, relationship with her soul, which led her down a very deep path of self-discovery and self-love. And through the power of presence and asking new questions, Phoebe learned to find her center amongst all the chaos, to almost unbecome from all of the societal norms and structures, to, to fall back in love with who she is at her core. I mean, Phoebe's just an incredible human being. She's the founder of Unbecoming, which is a leading podcast and nationally syndicated radio show that helps almost 11... Well, 111,000 weekly listeners release what's holding them back, step into alignment and awaken to the truth of who they are. And I just love the idea of unbecoming. You know, we've, I don't know if we've talked about this on the show, but you know, most of personal development is all about becoming. It's like adding more to your being, adding habits and mindsets and all that stuff. And those are helpful, of course. But I've found that even on my journey, and Phoebe can definitely resonate with this, is some of the most profound shifts are not about adding more, they're about Removing what's not yours and unbecoming, so that you can come back to the truth of who you are. And in this episode, we really talk a lot about what can happen, what can open up after life knocks you down, what kind of magic can be created on the other side of turmoil and chaos, and how can you actually find your center inside of everything. So I'm super excited about this episode. Um, I mean, Phoebe and I have had so many conversations off the mic about stuff like this, whether it's how to create more space in your life. Navigating the truth that you were always put together, how to ask better questions, how to tap into intuition, the difference between purpose and your mission in life. I mean, there's so many things that we discussed on this episode that go so deep and really touch at the core of stay grounded and what stay grounded is it evolving into. And you know, I'm really, really, really grateful and excited for you guys to get to know Phoebe in this episode. This was just such a beautiful conversation with such a a brilliant soul. So. Enjoy it. If you guys haven't already, subscribe to us on iTunes or Spotify or any of the podcast apps. All that means is that every single time we release a new episode, it drops straight into your inbox. And let me or Phoebe know how this episode lands for you. I mean, this was a, a very candid, beautiful conversation between two dear friends. And so I hope you guys enjoyed being a fly on the wall for it. So anyways, but without further ado, here is the amazing Phoebe check. Enjoy. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you guys are all having a great day. Hi, Phoebe.
1: (laughs) Hey, Raj. (laughs) Oh,
0: my Lanta. Am I happy to be seeing your face. Um, Oh,
1: same, same. I love our conversations and I'm happy that other people get to listen to them.
0: (laughs) I've missed you. It's Mm. been a while. We haven't hung out in a minute. I know your year has been filled with all the growth, all the the connection back to self, which yeah. I think is something I'd love to maybe dive into as a, as a as a starting point for this conversation. Finding your center inside of all of this chaos. What has been the biggest sort of lesson that you've picked up this year around finding your center in general?
1: I mean, how long do you have? I feel like I've learned a lot of things. (laughs) I've realized that patience is a really big part of that journey back to myself. And it's like this unbecoming or unraveling or unlayering of what I thought, you know, I think growth is this thing that we almost feel like, well, when we do this, then we are enlightened or we are whatever the word you want to use. And I almost felt like I had kind of reached this point where I knew who I was and I was pretty confident in that. And when your cage is rattled a little bit, it is a new invitation to go deeper and to find that. And so for me to find peace or myself, in all of this noise, the first thing really is to create some space. I've had to create a lot of space in myself, for myself. I've been so insular this past year, which is very unlike me. I'm really an extrovert. And that's been really challenging to understand that it's not a no to my friends. It's a yes to me. And what does that mean and feel like? And really getting clear on what I value, what's important to me. So I think there are a number of different directions to go in that, like with this question. And I think space, actually, probably space would be the first thing that really has helped me block everything else out so I can really dissect or examine what's going on here. I've got enough chaos here to deal with. I don't need to add anything else to it.
0: When you say space, can we, can we define space? Because I, I think that space is a really interesting and important concept. There's external space, which can be created with boundaries. And then there's a felt sense of space, mm-hmm. which is almost like the, the room to either hear or listen or feel something that's almost like a whisper. So can you, can we, in your words, sort of define what that space is that you've prioritized in your life this year?
1: I just think that is such a good question because exactly as you said, there are a lot of parts to that. So from me and the world, it is a matter of distance. You know, it's me creating some distance people, opinions, judgments, whatever everybody else has, their stuff. So I'm creating distance and I create that through boundaries, through again, it's not a it's not a no to you necessarily. It's a yes to me. And what does that require of me? And that requires me to not show up for the dinner that I really wanted to go to or the social gathering or even just a friend coffee date. You know, it's really tuning into what is important. For me what 's in alignment for me, and then within myself it 's really the pause that is what space feels like to me is the pause within the moments it 's the yep, I can be reading a book, but the moment I look up and just think about something for a second it 's like that invitation inside of the pause that allows me to really see to see my thoughts, to be one with my thoughts, to go deeper into my thoughts, so I spend a lot of time. Thinking, a lot of time dreaming, a lot of time, you know, I've gotten really into painting and I'm not an artist by any means, but it's an artistic expression. So for myself, that space is both distance and the closeness. You know, it's both. It's creating more closeness within myself to really steep in my values and steep in my own, you know, Phoebe-ness and see what's there to look at, what's there that I haven't looked at, what's there that I've looked at a thousand times, but I've got to look at again.
0: What is it that you're looking to connect with inside of that space through all of these different mediums like art or just observing thoughts or taking a pause, maybe a breath? Like I'm feeling there's like this kind of connection. There's this connected thread between all of it. You're returning back home. You're returning to some well of, of, of something. What do you think that is that you're sort of returning to or seeking or learning to, to find clarity with inside of that space?
1: It's really a, a soul connection. It is what I'm creating within the pause, what I'm creating within this like closeness that I was talking to is really presence. And when I find presence, that is when intuition can come in, right? That is that soul connection. That is a connection tapping into my wisdom, my inner wisdom that tells me. I don't tell it anything. I'm the captivator, right? I just, this is something in a meditation the other day I got was like, I'm not supposed to be creating anything. I'm actually just capturing everything. And that changed so much for me. And so even in, I, I go into these really, as you know, these really deep visualizations. And it's like, I'm just capturing what it is. I'm not creating anything new. And that was probably two weeks ago and has been a total game changer. It's like, these things are flashing really fast and I'm just trying to remember them so that I have that wisdom. So it's really a an exploration into my own soul, my wisdom, whatever you want to call that.
0: Well, it's fascinating because when you can connect to that soul within you, you're, like you said, you're actually connecting to the soul without the, the universal life force that we're all connected to, that mm-hmm. energy that powers from the sun and it's all part of our, our very being. And, and that's when you're, you're dancing with evolution. You're dancing, like I've always felt like intuition is the voice of evolution. Mm. Like when you, when you tap in, that's why it's something you receive. It's not something that you talk to. It's, it's a voice that comes from nature, whether you want to call it God, whether you want to call it the universe, it doesn't matter, but it's, it's a receipt. And it's almost like space and that, that when you prioritize the space to really feel into that and you design your life in some ways to really feel into that, you're living into your purpose. i I can't think of uh actually if if technically if that's right i'm not saying that's right that's one man's representation of intuition but intuition is the voice of evolution then creating the space to live your most authentic life where you can feel that voice is actually you living your calling
1: yeah (laughs) (laughs) solved it I feel it's interesting because I've lately been really diving into the concept of purpose and why I have such a resistance to that word. And I don't know why that is. So I've just been asking questions, right? I think that the answers comes answers come from the questions you ask. And the better the question, the better the answer. And what I've realized or received has been this idea that our purpose is just to experience everyone's purpose is to experience experience love experience life you know experience tragedy and all of that but it's all wrapped in in love essentially so my question was to myself if my purpose is to experience then what else is there how are we unique and then what I received was that our our missions are' unique, but our purpose is stays the same. And so the difference in that for me is like I feel if we all connect into our deeper purpose of just to experience, then what does that allow us to do It allows us to really receive our mission and through that to create our lives around that. And I think that our missions evolve and I think our missions, we don't just come in with one unique thing i think we have lots in the different seasons of our life and that's a really beautiful thing to look back on our, all of our lives you know and to go back through the seasons of my life and say well that's when i was ta- i felt so in flow i lost track of time all of these things that we often hear be in flow when do you lose track of time you know when does whatever the, when you're, time flies when you're having fun. It's all of that, but it's time flies when you're in flow, right? Time flies Mm -hmm. when you're in your mission, when you're on purpose, you know, and, and that I don't think I had had laid out in a way that I could really understand, but I couldn't, I could understand in that moment why I had some confusion around purpose. Because to me, purpose signifies utility, And so I just felt like, why do we have this utility versus a being? So that was my contemplation for a while. Well,
0: what if it's, like you said, you can have multiple missions. What if you can have multiple purposes, but the core of it all is to be who you are. It's to be like, we're human beings. We're not human doings. At the core of it, like there's a fundamental purpose for every single person on this planet. Like we were all put here for the perfect amount of time to experience, create, do, give. What we were perfectly put here. Like I have truly, I truly, like I'm. Everything was preordained, and 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 in, in that journey, I think you can develop a deeper sense of purpose, which feels like a connection to mission, which might feel like love with another. It might feel like a full experience of what's in front of you. It might be simply being in presence. It there may be so many different branches to the overall tree of purpose of but at the core of it, purpose, purpose isn't what you do. I, I think I'm with you on that. Like it's the foundation of purpose, the foundation of mission, the foundation of creation is who you are. And Mm -hmm. the greatest work we can all do in this lifetime, if you don't know what to do in your life, just go deeper into yourself. Like get clear on your values, get clear on what's not yours, get rid of things that don't serve, get into flow so that you can feel that voice and you can be connected to something deeper, which is that that divinity in ourselves.
1: Yeah, I feel like a a lot of what I've been seeking... I think, in my life has been this, what's the point of it all? You know, mm. and I think everybody asks <laughs> yourself those, those big questions. Yeah. And I think I, I was feeling more frustrated than excited because I felt as though I had, I've been seeking for a really long time. And I've been asking myself these questions over and over. And it got to a point where I thought, wow, I've experienced a lot. I've gone through a lot, and I can see the the remnants or the the pieces of it almost where I just didn't understand how it fit together mm. and especially oh actually, just very, very recently in the last couple of weeks, what I realized was I had this this vision of it was almost like a it sounds <laughs> it sounds kind of crazy, but it's like a Mr. Potato head, right, and it was like Eyes and the nose and the all the ears were like all over the place, and I was trying to put it all back together and in this vision i I was scrambling I was on the ground, and I was afraid to to pick my head up to be seen because I felt broken I felt even though I know intellectually I have really felt that i'm i'm not, and I think that's a whole nother situation and you know thing I could go down, but I was on the ground trying to f- Feel my way to put it all back together. And what happened was I stood up, looked in the mirror, and realized that I already was put back together, that Mm. I was never not together. And that was such a profound moment that it was such a clear vision to me that really exemplified everything that I've been wrestling with over the last couple of years because I was, I had this issue with being seen. I had this. Desire, I I mean, just in sharing with friends, you know, I've expressed this to you before these like vulnerability hangovers that I'm like, wow, that feels so uncomfortable. But yet I can be on a podcast and share to a lot of people about some, I think, quite personal things. But when it's with my close friends in a real vulnerable situation, I don't want them to see me not being put together. And the whole time, the whole joke of it all is that. I never wasn't that, you know, I never wasn't put together. I'm perfectly put together. And that was a really, really profound moment for me.
0: There's this game with personal development where we, I think this is, uh, this is why I love unbecoming and what sort of just that entire concept that you've, you've brilliantly coined, just the idea that whether you're unbecoming or becoming you're actually whole already, Mm. like, Like you're, you're whole, like we're, we're whole human beings. And I have, I'm finding more and more that returning back to that truth that I am enough and I can do better, returning back to the truth that one day I'm going to die, like returning back to the truth, just these like simple truths, these anchors that can just bring me back into presence In presence. There is only wholeness. In presence, there is no fear of not being enough. There is no fear of needing to one-up this person. Like in true presence, there is nothing but love. There's connection. There's a felt experience, Mm -hmm. right? And going back to what you mentioned earlier about, you know, it's interesting. Like I remember um, when my my grandmother had, had passed and I was going through that really intense period, I remember talking to a friend of mine it was uh you were very much involved in that week with lots of crazy conversations and lots of synchronicities and lots of craziness happening and i was really confused personally for everybody listening i was there was just a lot of very big emotional swings and and visions and things coming up for me and i was confused and my mind was going crazy trying to understand it my mind was trying to go wild haywired my mind just figure it out figure it out and i remember talking to a friend and he was just like you don't really need to understand anything you just need to experience it i remember him saying that and it was such an anchor for my whole life <laughs> mm-hmm. i mean my whole life has been about understanding it's about trying to connect the dots it's about been trying to make sense of things whether it's somebody screwing me over or something out of my control and trying to understand why the universe or god would make me it's like this like need to racily understand it all totally. but When you come back to this moment, this moment is whole. You are whole. Everything's okay. And your experience is brilliantly magical. Like, there's like the fantasy of the understanding doesn't even hold a candle to the magic of reality. And I think that's something that I've been blissfully reminded of. Not blissfully, maybe slapped across the face a few times, <laughs> yeah. maybe thrown into the thrown into the deep end of the pool with no floaties on. But somehow, some way, returning. Yeah,
1: like now, now it's the blissful, joyful, whatever. But in the in the moment, it doesn't doesn't always feel like that.
0: No, the chrysalis is real. The chrysalis is crunchy and 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 sometimes uncomfortable. But that's also it's like wringing out the towel in some ways. To but it's the towel is still whole. Like just because you're wringing the towel and there's stuff coming out of it and it's stuff that may not look like yours, like the towel is still whole. And I think that's the biggest reminder. It's no matter what, we're whole, we're enough, we're okay.
1: Even in those moments, right, where you're just learning to experience it, what I've been asking myself a lot, because I'm like you, I'm a, I don't know if you are familiar with your human design and all that, but I'm an investigator. I'm a projector. Okay. All right. I'm a manifesting generator, but I'm a five one, which is an investigator. So that makes a lot of sense. I'm always trying to ask those questions. I'm trying to understand it. One of the things that I've been asking myself has been, what if it's not? Or what if I don't? And that has like really guided me for the last couple of weeks, especially maybe a month or so. It's been, okay. Oh, I'm going to do that. Well, what if I don't? Huh. It just allows me to be more in the detachment of it and also really leaning into the preference. I would prefer that I do this. I would prefer that my show does this. But what if it doesn't? You know, that's okay too. And in the understanding of something, right, we can reframe things. And I'm like you, you know, I'm a queen of reframing. I can always see the positive and really reframe things so that. There is an answer. So, at least I feel really good about myself because even though I'm going through that awful thing, there's a purpose, there's a reason, you know, all of that. However, what I've been asking myself has been, what if that's not it? And it just takes a lot of pressure off. It takes the pressure off. It takes the needing to know out of the equation just so I can come back to like level and just say, wow, okay. And I think that is a really good reminder for me to just let it go and to just be in it with myself and just be okay with whatever's happening ride the roller coaster and not needing to explain my way out of it explain my way into it nothing it's just oh what if that's not the answer what if that's not why that's happening it allows me a lot of freedom
0: freedom's a beautiful word to describe that because when you change your relationship with the outcome Like it's like your mind thinks that it knows better than Mm -hmm. the perfection of the universe. So when something we want doesn't happen or when we experience something, that's the opposite of what we would desire to experience. It's there's this natural propensity for the mind to try and make sense, justify, turn it into something pleasurable. Mm -hmm. And I found for me, like, you know, this, but you know, Three weeks ago, I tested positive for COVID. And it was a really difficult time for me because, like, I I had come back to Austin, I was traveling a ton, and I was like ready to get back into my life. And I was just like, why is this happening right now? But even in that moment, it was a practice for me like, what if this is actually divinely perfect? Like, Mm. what if this outcome I don't want is actually the universe in its most beautiful way? trying to show me something, teach me something, whatever. And can I just meet where I'm at with compassion and presence? And it was the hardest thing I've ever had to do. Mm -hmm. But doing that for a few weeks, I realized that my mind and all of the fears it had in that moment dissolved the second I got into presence. Mm -hmm. The second I changed my relationship with the outcome and I stopped attaching myself to a need to move fast, a need to get things done, a need for the world, the universe to give me a play-by-play that was exactly how I thought I wanted my life to go. Like Raj's life has to go one, two, three, four, five. Like universe is like no nope, Raj. I kind of want to take you from one to ten, like <laughs> and you then know, back like, to
1: two, and then back and maybe to two, seven, <laughs> and then maybe throw you
0: in circles for a bit, and then like throw like, you know like and and I, but at the end of the day, he still takes me to mm. a destination that is. Beautiful and desirable. And I am, and I'm finding that there's actually a lot of wisdom in just allowing whatever's in front of you to be what is. Like mm-hmm. when you can learn to change your relationship with what's in front of you, instead of trying to understand it, like you, I love that idea, just don't understand, just experience. Like, experience mm-hmm. like the purpose of all of this, it's coming back to it, it seems like a common theme for both of us mm-hmm. is just experiencing what is fully. And I think fully is a key word. Because mm-hmm. you can you can tiptoe into the to the experience, but presence is actually the that's what creates the magic. It creates the alchemy, it creates the chance to really live into something beautiful.
1: Yeah. So when so last year, around right around this time, as you know, but your listeners might not, that I was hit by a car. And that was one of the hardest things that I've had to experience because it felt like, I felt like I was on top of the roller coaster and I was at stage nine and I was headed to 10 and then this thing just happened and I was trying to make sense of it for so long. And, and what I realized was as much as I, and I was doing a really great job of that in August I realized that in talking to a therapist who I love, I'm doing brain spotting, which is similar to EMDR, and it's repatterning a lot of things that are going on, and especially trauma work. Um, it's just really diving into that. And so what I realized was that I was I had latched on to the positivity, so that which I'm learning or have learned that this is a, a very common um, trauma response that when something's happening, you latch on to the positivity so that you can heal. And mm. so your, your body can heal or your, whatever is happening with you can heal. And so it basically just knocks you out of the present. It's You're in the present, but you're almost teetering on the edge. So you're attaching to this presence or to, sorry, to this positivity so that you can get through it. And then what happened was in August, I realized that the dust had really started to settle. I was feeling physically a lot better. And that's when, I mean, just the randomest thing happened and all, I just heard it and I heard, you have residual anger from the accident. And I thought, what is that about? I'm not, I'm not an angry person and I'm also very in touch with my feelings. Yeah, And I've done so much work on around feelings and holding opposing thoughts and opposing feelings at the same time. But what I didn't realize was that I wasn't fully present enough because I was healing to actually experience the full range of emotions that I was feeling. So then I had to go back <laughs> to all of those things and almost relive them, which is painful. But it's also such a beautiful process because I know now what anger looks like in my body, what it feels like in my body, how it sounds. I mean, all of it. It's, it's a really interesting process to navigate through that I didn't realize would have such an impact on my day-to-day life (laughs) that I can feel it, especially, I mean, now it's heightened emotions and a lot is going on in the world. And I can feel, and I can see, and I can sense, I can hear it, all of what anger sounds like. But I can also, I can also acknowledge that while I'm angry, I'm also so grateful. And I'm also feeling so loved and loving and all of... I mean, no yeah. feeling is good or bad unless you attach a label to it. I think we... And not to say I am angry, but just to say, oh, I have some anger around that. Interesting. And so that's opened up a whole Pandora's box for me to really be present and steep in those, what I would have once perceived to be painful feelings and just experience them to the full capacity that I can. And it's been really cool.
0: That's beautiful, Phoebe. And it sounds like you've actually given yourself the permission to have the journey the way that it is, right? Like Mm -hmm. There's a sense of kindness, like looking back and being like, oh yeah, I, I wasn't ready to feel all that anger then, but I mm-hmm. am now. And I'm going to give myself the permission to do that and almost surrender to the feeling. Because I I I've always believe that, like you said to yourself, there's no feeling that's good or bad. It's the fear of feeling. Mm-hmm. The fear of feeling is what stops people from truly living in presence. And sometimes that fear isn't even logical. It's It's actually just a a protective response from your body because your body knows that it's not ready to feel what, what you want to feel in this moment in order to heal. Like the Mm -hmm. body keeps score in the most brilliant way and it keeps score over time. And it decides when it's ready to, to, to experience (laughs) something, right? Like that's the beautiful part of embodiment work versus like the mindset work and stuff like that. Like when you're really playing with your feelings, like, It's kind of a black box. Like Mm -hmm. I found for me, like sometimes I'll just break down and start crying about things that I thought I was way over. Sometimes I'll feel grief and I won't know what it's connected to. Like I I just won't know. And sometimes there's no way to know. I've had a lot happen in my year. And Mm -hmm. so like, I don't know what this emotion is tied to, but that's also part of the brilliant design. It's not about necessarily needing to understand. It's if if we can just come back to come back, back to experiencing whatever emotions are there fully. I think we give ourselves we give ourselves a better entryway back to remembering that we are whole, which is ultimately the whole thing. And I think
1: there's a piece of grief that I that I've accessed that I don't that I wasn't I wasn't ready to access yeah. because I didn't I didn't understand it, which is grieving life the way I thought it was going to be, or grieving for my 18-year-old self who lost my dad, but grieving what I thought my life would look like with my dad, you know, and just all of these layers of grief, grieving, you know, what I thought this year, and I'm sure anyone listening can totally relate to that, grieving what you thought 2020 was going to look like, what you thought this was going to be who you thought you were going to be. So there are layers and there's depth to grief, to all of these emotions, to anger, you know, surface level. I can, I can get through. I can tell you I'm angry at this guy for hitting me. But when I really get into it, you know, the anger that I, that I had, that I was experiencing, that the residual stuff that I'm still, that will bubble up. And like you with the grief, I'm like, what is that? (laughs) where is that coming from, you know? And and to really look what you look for, you find. So I'm looking to find what is it so that, not so I can judge it or criticize it, but so I can expose it and make peace with it, make friends with it, look at it and say, wow, that's a a piece of myself I'm not familiar with. And what a beautiful gift to be reminded that no matter what, It is no matter what I'm looking at, this is who I am. Mm. And it doesn't require an understanding. You know, it requires the exposure to it, the making peace with it, and the looking at it as though, and treating it as though you would. And I've been really digging into this with what you're saying with the permission. Treating myself as though I'm my four year old nephew who I love more than anything mm-hmm. in the whole world. And would I yell at him for, you know, getting hit by a car? No, I would be so gentle. And that comes back to reparenting and, you know, yeah. remothering, re fathering, right? As a woman, I don't think, and maybe as a man, you might not think about mothering yourself. And I might not think about fathering myself, but I've had to go through a lot of that this year, really coming to an agreement with myself that this Phoebe, even a year ago, needed to be mothered in that moment. I actually needed to be fathered too. I needed to be protected. And I didn't feel that way. And so going back through all of that has brought up so much, all the feelings.
0: (laughs) I think there's something really powerful about I mean, I've talked about inner child work on the show before, and it's like some of the most profound work that I've ever done. But I, I really appreciate you sort of saying that you needed to be mothered, fathered, sometimes even brothered. Like, I mean, I I have found that sometimes mentored, sometimes like getting to know that child and being intimate with the emotions that that child needed to experience and or maybe not even a child you could be an adult in that moment like whatever you needed to experience also then allows you to ask for help it allows you to name needs it allows you to feel a sense of belonging within yourself which is that safety like that emotional safety of understanding which necessarily doesn't need to be tying something to a reason it's more like i get you child oh my gosh, I feel what you're going through. That is a level of understanding that is like a visceral felt experience that doesn't necessarily even bring the mind in. And I've been finding that one just idea, like, and you just made it even deeper for me. So thank you. I'm gonna play with that later. Just I don't know if I've ever mothered myself. I don't even know if I know how to do that. <laughs>
1: And that's it. It's a, it's this unfamiliar. So we do, I mean, I don't, I don't know how to, how to father myself. I'm learning. It's that like real protective energy, but it's also, I mean, my dad, yeah, he was protective, but he was also big and, you know, big and strong, but like cuddly yeah. too. So it's like, I've like grieved this year that all I wanted was the big dad hug. That's like all I needed was like a big man hug. And you know where you, well, I, I, you might not know about this, but like where you just get like lost in like a guy's energy, like just hug and you're I like- I give
0: the best <laughs> pair so like my bear hugs. Where are have you primary. been? <laughs> yep, they're 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 bar none. Just putting that out there.
1: <laughs> That's it. It's like learning, you know, learning what that is, and yeah. and another thing that I so I'm a big fan of John D. Martini, and and something oh, yeah. that he he's just he's awesome. And I did one of his workshops, and what he was talking about is that I mean, as we know, energy is neither created nor destroyed. So all the things you feel like you're missing, you're you're not, and you can find them in other ways. And so we went back and I basically realized, you know, all the qualities that I miss about my dad. And one of them was like parental fatherly advice. That's something that like nobody else, I felt like no one else could give you just Mm. that. Like, I don't know, tough love. Maybe my dad was like very warm and kind and very heart. He's a cardiologist. So also very heart centered and heart forward. And what I realized was that was the quality I was missing. But throughout my life, I could find evidence to support that I've actually never missed that, that I've always had that, whether it's been through myself or I've always been friends with like my boyfriend's dads, always. I've always had a really tight connection with them. Always. I mean, I always have an older paternal figure in my life in every season. And when I actually went back through it, I saw, oh, I, I actually haven't. It's just in my head that I thought I was missing it. So I wanted to find it. But again, it goes back to the, what I thought I was missing, I already have. So just recognizing that.
0: Yeah, and it mm-hmm. comes back to the fantasy of our minds, mm-hmm. right? Like we we keep getting lost in the fantasy. It's so easy to get lost in the fantasy of what you don't have, the fantasy of what you wish you had, the fantasy of what's not happening in this moment. But when you truly begin to practice which i think it is a practice to learn mm-hmm. to appreciate the magic of reality and there's plenty of ma- magic is very real just i'm yeah. going to put that out there like magic is is very real you can experience magic in everyday moments synchronicities things connecting like some things you can't even explain that are just happening in this moment and when we detach ourselves from that fantasy when we let ourselves free from the need to to fulfill that. And we grieve when we go through the processes necessary. Like, do I wish I had my grandma here? Yes. Do I wish that things could have gone a different way this year? Yes. But in that same vein, grieving, processing, experiencing, and being with what is in this moment does allow you to then experience what you you needed to experience through that mm-hmm. fantasy, right here, mm-hmm. like it's so full. Like this moment has everything. It's rich. It's delicious. It's crisp. It's clear. It's so filled with color. And 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 the deeper we can go into this moment, it gives you everything you need. At least for me in my journey, yeah. that's that's what I've been arriving into more and more and more. And it's it's led to a very different yet fulfilling. Experience of what is.
1: Yeah. And I think something that you said you had said earlier in our conversation, which is being, you know, in the present moment. And if you're living in fear, you're in the future. And so I did this whole thing where a lot of these are cliches or things that we intellectually know. And it's one thing to know and another totally to experience it. And so what I sat with a couple months ago was that. Fear is in the future, regret or sadness is in the past, or you know, sadness. I mean, they can be both, but what's important is that neither or none of those are in the present moment. It's really about love and gratitude and joy. And when you have those three things, you are in the present moment. And I went out for a week straight, and I every morning I went out and I was just like walking on the trail in Austin, <laughs> and I'm like, it just Not out loud, but in my head, I'm like, "Good morning, trees. Good morning, birds." Like I was just so joyful, <laughs> and I'm sure I looked it's like so no white total... over here.
0: <laughs> just popping around, you're gonna have like little animals <laughs> just following you on your walk, just like frolicking through Austin.
1: <laughs> and I was just, it, I mean, yeah, I was like little Bo Peep, you know, just so happy. But then I, I really got into the whole walk was just a gratitude walk, what my one of my girlfriends calls a heart walk, just letting your heart lead you and knowing that your heart is never going to lead you astray. That's been the biggest focus for me has just been around my heart. For my year anniversary of my accident, I bought myself this necklace that I'm wearing and it just has two hearts on it to remind myself to be grounded in my heart, to listen, to lead with my heart. That's something my dad says to me you know regularly that like that is always the message for me is lead with your heart I'm very I try to be really heart forward in my exchanges with people and it doesn't always work but I try as much as I can and just to allow that to be what's seen to allow that to be the magnet that attracts other people, other experiences the things that I want in my life that are based out of my commitments of about what's important to me and how i see the world, how i see other people, and i know that if i meet you with my heart forward and you meet me with your heart forward, that connection is an incredible space, an incredible moment, opportunity, invitation for us to have a depth that you can't find other places or you can't find in the present moment. So that is for me the what i'm Striving for more of in my life. That's what I really am asking for. That's what I'm creating. That's what I'm capturing. You know, it's just these moments like what we're having right now. It's like your heart is forward and my heart is forward just to come together to have a conversation that is honest and is vulnerable and is true to who we are as people. It's rooted in love.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think. That's been a journey for me this year as well is really untangling the life that was created by my mind unconsciously mm-hmm. and consciously mm-hmm. and returning back to and integrating because the mind is a part of my experience. I can't get rid of the squishy little guy up there. But what I can do is I can learn to integrate and like you said, lead from the heart. What am I here to experience? What brings me joy? What feels like love? What can I be grateful for? And when you you really truly sink into that and you remember that is truth. Like that is the truth. Like your heart, your mind is a servant of the heart. It's not the other way around. I think we've had it wrong the entire time. But I think science is actually not starting to catch up like with heart math and everything like yep. starting to catch up that your, your heart truly is the source of your light. It's the source of your love. It's, it's the source of your essence. It's, it's your soul and when you listen to the voice of your heart you are listening to intuition you are listening mm-hmm. to that connection to everything you're you're living into the fullest expression of of who you are and that is such a gift mm-hmm. and it's so accessible to all of us it's it's an invitation we're all we all have hearts some people might not seem like they have hearts but <laughs> They have hearts too. They're just really disconnected from their hearts. Mm-hmm. They're living in their heads, their egos, their protections or, or their unconscious patterns are running the show. But this is the reminder that we get to all. And I just love you so much, Phoebe. And one of my favorite things about you is that you are leaning into just leading from your heart. Like that is, that is some of the most brave work that it's the bravest thing anybody can do like mm-hmm. truly live from that space and create from that space and allow yourself to be seen for your heart and not the protective layers that we learned from growing up like it's so beautiful and i'm just so grateful to know you like i i really truly just like it's am- it's been amazing to watch you blossom into this wonderfully beautiful full version Of who you are. And I'm just so proud of you. It's just, I'm grateful to know you. Just thanks for letting me be your friend.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You're so welcome. Um, I do. I mean, I, I really, I receive that to a degree where I don't know that I could have really heard that before. This last year has been so hard and so incredibly life changing and it is this plugged in feeling that makes me feel solid and also so fluid at the same time it's that both feeling and i'm really grateful you have just been so amazing to me and every time i see your name pop up on my phone i'm like yes what are we going where are we going with this <laughs> And it just, it brings me so much joy to, I mean, to watch and to have a front row seat in your life has been such a gift to me so that, because I know we are on very similar paths and it's no accident that our path crossed in Austin when I knew, and I've told you this before, but when I saw you at whenever a camp whenever that yeah. was a couple of years ago. And I was like, I like him. I'm going to be friends with him. I just, I don't know when, I don't know how, but, mm. and then we show up in Austin. I was like, I knew it. Yeah. I knew it. And it's just been so great. So I'm, I mean, over the moon, grateful for you and for yeah. what you, not what you bring to my life, but you know, what you add to my life and how you are just so authentically you. And I'm, I know your listeners know that for sure, but you know, what you see and what you hear is totally what you get with you, and I, I'm eternally grateful for that.
0: Oh, gosh, I need to hug you. Bear hug coming sent <laughs> yes. through the screen right now, but <laughs> we'll be delivered later in person.: um, Yes. Maybe, uh, this I had told you this earlier, but I didn't know where this conversation was going to go, and I'm just so grateful that we didn't have an agenda. I'm grateful that it was the gift of presence, the gift of Mm. intuition, and the voices in our hearts that sort of led the way. So just want to, again, thank you for being here, being in my life, sharing your heart, your love with everyone. It's interesting. You know what, guys, as you're listening to this, you guys should go back and listen to the first interview that Phoebe and I did. Uh, I think that was like a year and a half ago. We were in very different places. So it (laughs) might be fun for you guys to like, Hear this one, and then go back and listen to that one, and just see how much can actually change when you truly mm-hmm. begin to tap in to that voice in your heart. All right, I got one last question for you, Phoebe. Um, and by the way, Phoebe has an amazing podcast. She like, I mean, we'll make say something. I'd I'd feel remiss <laughs> if you didn't say something after this conversation about all the brilliant stuff that you're doing.
1: Well, we've alluded to the concept of unbecoming, and so I I chose that word because it exemplifies what's going on in my life and what one of my commitments is, is to always being true to who I am and remembering who I am. So my show is really just to help you release what doesn't serve you so that you can be honest and, and real and be true to who you really are. So we interview all kinds of people. We have deep conversations like this. And that feels you know just a real honest expression of who I am, so you know if you want to come listen, I would love that
0: thanks for existing. Just more phoebes in the world, more phoebes <laughs> um, all right, one last question for you, in the midst of it all, especially this year, as you've gotten closer and closer and closer to the truth of your being, how do you stay grounded?
1: I practice presence i get out in nature i really connect with with who i am and i do a lot of visualizations with grounding exercises so that i am rooted in myself so i feel strong and fluid you know soft strength powerful strength all within myself so being present listening to my intuition and you know connecting to the source of who i am
0: Mic drop. Like, I can't believe you've been carrying that mic the whole time. So you get to actually <laughs> drop it now if you wanted to. You totally get to. You totally get to. Uh, oh, man. Thank you again, Phoebe, for being here. Thank you for being my life. Everybody, that is a wrap for this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I'm your host, Raj, and this is your new slash old slash friend, Phoebe. <laughs> uh, and from us, Stay Grounded. We'll chat soon. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you found this interview helpful as you create your own ways to live an extraordinary life.